Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. If you want to go there in your Bible or if you want to follow along on the screen, you can do so. This is what it says. It says, write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, the holy one, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close and closes and no one opens, says, I know your works. Because you have limited strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Look. Everybody say, look. I have placed before you an open door that no one is able to close. Come on. Somebody say amen to that. Say there's an open door. And say no one's able to close it. Say it again. Say there's an open door. And no one's able to close it. Everybody say amen to that. Father, we thank you for your word. Teach us something new today, God. We receive it, Father. And we take, we take it in part, Father God, fully. God, not part of it, Lord, but we take all of it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Excuse my voice. I helped coach Gabriel's basketball game yesterday. All right, so here we go. If you want to take notes um, on all this, I, you know, I want you to. Uh, I think this is really good, um, but I'm, I'm going to go through this here pretty quickly, so try to follow along. But, uh, you know, Book of Revelation, you know, some people love it. Some people don't like it. You know, some people stay away from it. Some people are all in it. You know, whatever. To each his own, okay? Um, you know, and everybody's got their own opinion on the end days and end times and what all of that looks like and all that. You know, most people, you know, don't wouldn't agree with the person sitting next to you on how it all is going to work and end. You know, I mean, it's just I mean, that's just the way it is. It's, it's hard to comprehend, period. The book of Revelation and the whole end time thing, all of it is hard to comprehend. Um, but you know what? We don't have to have it all pieced together and all figured out. <laughs> Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to heaven, y'all, okay? And that's the bottom line, okay? Whether you believe in pre-trib, post-trib, you know, whatever, none of that stuff at the end of the day matters. What matters is that you serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus in your heart. He's your Savior, and you're entering into eternity with Him, okay? So whether you're here for the craziness or not here for the craziness or the craziness has already happened or not happened or whatever, whatever all your opinions are, we're going to heaven, Come on, somebody say amen. amen. All right, so in the book of Revelation, there are seven churches, okay, that are mentioned that Jesus writes to. He writes to these seven churches. Now put it back to, to the verse, first verse there, verse 7. Um, this one, he's, he's, he's speaking to the church of what? Philadelphia, all right? Um, now, you know, that's not Philly. That's not modern-day Philly, okay? Uh, not modern-day Filthy eagles, not modern day. Okay, um, this is this is a real town. Okay, um, that if you you know you, historically you look on the map and all that, you can figure out where it is today and all that. But we ain't getting into all that today. But there's seven churches. This is one of them that's mentioned. Okay, now he rebukes Jesus rebukes five of the seven churches. Okay, the other two. Two of the seven, he affirms, okay? So he, they're receiving some sort of affirmation uh, from God. 
now, one of the churches that he did not rebuke, but rather he affirmed, was actually the church in Philadelphia. Okay, so they're doing something right. They're doing something good. Okay, and they're being affirmed. All right, and uh, and wh- why are they being affirmed? Okay, when you think about it, um, you know. The, the, the modern day Philadelphia has the uh, slogan or the saying of it's the, the city of what? Brotherly love. Okay, the city of brotherly love. That did not come from the first person who said our town is going to be named Philadelphia. Okay, or whatever. That actually comes roots all the way back from the word of God. Philadelphia was known as a place of love. That church was known as a church that had a lot of love in it, okay? Which is a wonderful thing. Now, it, you know, now when you look at it, he rebukes five of the seven, but he doesn't rebuke the church of Philadelphia. Why did he not rebuke them? Because of their love for one another, right? We go back and look at previous scriptures all throughout the word, and it talks about the importance of having love not just for God, but love for one another, Okay, love is such a huge thing, right? If you don't love, you ain't going to be kind to anybody. And how many places can you go and you can't find a kind soul, (laughs) right? It's because there's a lack of love, all right? But the church in Philadelphia, they, they had love. They were surrounded in love, okay? And, you know, I believe one of the biggest things that we need today, you know, everybody says, we need a move of God. We need a revival. Well, yes, we do. I believe that. But you know what we need before that? We need a revival of love. <laughs> we need a, let, let's go back to the basics. We need a revival and a move of God just to get some kindness again, some peace again, you know, some unity within you know, one another, right? We've got to have love because everything is centered upon love, right? The Bible says that God is love, a period, okay? That is who he is. That is his DNA, all right? is love. And so we have to operate and dwell in that same kind of love. We have to have love for God. Okay? And not just, oh God, I love you. You know. But like really love him. Okay? Really, really love him. Well, that means a lot of different things. You know, there's different kind of love. You know, the Bible translates out different kind of love. You've got, you know, agape love, right? Which is the love of God. And you've got all different kinds of love. Um, but we've got to have that agape love, okay? That love that never fails. That love that never ceases, right? That love, man, that, that just can pick you right back up again. And we've got to have that same love reflecting back to God. But listen, we've also got to have that love for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, right? It's so, so, so important, um, you know, because we have more jealousy, hatred, and strife in our churches today than even outside of the church. It's a sad thing. Very sad thing, you know. One person can get upset with another, and they storm out the door, and they never go back to church ever again because of strife, you know, because of jealousy or, or complaining or, you know, negative spirit or whatever, you know, and we've allowed that to infiltrate our churches more than we've allowed love. And love is what? Love is greater than all things, right? He says, I wish that your love aboundeth much, <laughs> right? And so, you know, God's not interested in all the other stuff. He's interested in your love. 
He's not interested in how great you can lift your hands and praise and sing Him on Sunday. He's interested in your love. That's awesome that you can lift your hands, but can you love me? And can you love my people? Right? And I, I think that's, you know, one of the biggest things that we need today. You know, and Jesus said that in the last days that the love of many will wax cold. <laughs> you know, it just will grow cold, the love for one another. Why am I saying all this? Because the church of Philadelphia was known as a church of love. And it's interesting that this church was just one of two that Jesus opened the door for. Okay? He opened the door. Now, it's interesting that Jesus opened the door for this church, but there was a reason why he opened the, church, opened the door for them, and it was found in the scripture there. But before I, before I do that, let me give you the title. If you haven't seen it already, the title is this, the door, My Door of More. My Door of More. I want you to say it with me. My Door of More. Okay, this is your time, your day, your season and your opportunity for the door of more to be opened up for you. Come on. Do you believe that? You should have said amen really loud for that. Okay. now I know that is a cliche thing. That is one of a type of statements that is said often in church. But today I really feel this strongly and I feel a prophetic utterance upon this word today. That, that this is your time that God is going to open up your door for more. Amen. Don't worry about my door or someone else's door, but your door of more. Amen? Amen. This is your time. Hallelujah. And there's, there is a way that you can obtain, just like this church that we read about in Revelation chapter 3, there is a way that you can obtain the open door today. Amen. And it's found right there in Scripture, and I want to give it to you. Okay, and so if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, there's three reasons for the open door. Three reasons for the open door, all right? And number one is this. Patrick, if you'll put it, put it up there for us, brother. Number one is this. They had little strength. Now, some of you are confused. And some of you look at that and you say, what in the world? Now, I'm only giving you scripture. I'm not making this stuff up, all right? One of the ways that they received the open door is that they had limited or little strength, okay? The verse says in verse 8, I know your works because you have limited strength. It's the first thing that is listed. They had little strength. Well, now, if you go back and think about what we did this past Thursday night and exploring the word and diving deep into scripture, right? Exegesis, eisegesis, pulling things out, okay, studying what does this mean? Why would God open a door for people who have little strength? That makes no sense. Okay, well, yes, it does. Because little strength or limited strength, as some of your versions may say, is translated out to micros dunamis. Micros dunamis. Micros, meaning micro, where we get our word small, right? And dunamis, which we get our word for power. So now when you look at it, 
and you look at the scripture, you think about it, it's not that they didn't have literal, little physical strength, is that they had a lack of power. They had little power, okay? So they had a little bit of power, but it's interesting that God still chooses them. Well, what's the point? I'll tell you. God is not interested in churches that are strong in their own power and strength. He's not interested in churches that have it all together. God is looking for a church that all they can do is depend on him. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. God looks at the church in Philadelphia and says, you don't have it all together. You don't have everything else that these other churches that I've just been rebuking have. But what you do have is love. All right. You don't have this. You don't have that. But what you do have is love. And so because of the little strength that you do have, the little power that you do have, I'm going to elevate you and I'm going to open up the door for you. Come on. Somebody say amen. And listen, if you feel lately like you have been weak or feel like you don't have much power left in you, then you don't need to quit. You just need to praise God. Come on. Because, see, God sometimes will allow us to get to the end of ourselves so that you can see that the only thing that you need to be dependent on is Him. And that's where we're at. Revelation chapter 3. They've gotten to the point, and the church in Philadelphia realized the only thing that we can depend on is depend on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our hope of glory. Amen? They didn't have anything else. The only thing that they could depend on is the one who has all the power. They had micro power, little power, a lack of power. So they had to depend on the one that had all the power. Come on. So, you and I don't have to have all the power. Amen? And as a matter of fact, we're pretty dang weak on our own. We really are. Okay? But aren't you glad that the Bible says that in my weakness, he's made strong. In my weakness, he's made strong. So, God looks at the church in Philadelphia and says, although you are weak in power... My faith is made perfect in that. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And I can use that little bit to strengthen the power that's within you. Hallelujah. And so instead of looking at yourself and saying, oh, I'm weak in this area, or I have little strength, I have little power, God looks at you and says, no, no, no. In your weakness, I am made strong. So don't look at yourself as weak. Don't look at yourself as a lack of power, as a lack of strength. That is when you have got to become more dependent on him. Amen? More dependent on him. And the only one that gets the glory for every victory is Jesus Christ. Amen? He's the only one that gets the victory. And he did it for you in his strength, not yours. Come on, aren't you grateful for that today? Hallelujah. That every victory that I have, I have obtained, it wasn't in my own strength, but it was in the strength of Jesus. Hallelujah. I didn't have to do it all on my own, but I had a power source that I was connected to that did the work for me. Praise the Lord. And I have victory power today because my strength is found in Him. 
Hallelujah. Come on. That right there ought to make you shout amen. Come on. Praise God. So, number one, reason for the open door is that they had little strength. And number two is this, the second thing that is mentioned. The Bible says that they kept his word. They kept his word. Let's look at verse 8 again. I know your works. Because you have limited strength, and because you have kept my word. So, they had little strength. Microstudimus. Then the Bible says, they kept his word. The word kept there is the Greek word tereo. T-E-R-E-O. Okay? T-E-R-E-O. Which means this. It's literally translated to this. To preserve. To preserve. So this brings a different look on Scripture and a different dynamic for us. When we, when we read that they kept His Word, what does that mean? That they preserved the Word. So they didn't just watch over the Word, but they actually preserved the Word. What does that mean? I mean, I believe it means they honored the word. You're not, if, you have, if, you, if you don't honor something, it doesn't have much value to you. But when you honor something, it's precious to you. And the reason why you choose to honor it is because it is precious to you. And I believe that they had received the word... And the Bible says that they chose to keep the word. They kept the word. They preserved it. In other words, they honored the word that was spoken. Amen? And what I want to declare to you today and encourage you in in this is that not only do you need to be good stewards of your finances, good stewards of your time, good stewards of whatever you name it, you need to be a good steward of the word of God over your life. Come on, somebody say amen. Because the word that has been spoken over you is critical to your future. It's critical to your future. A lot of times people say, well, someone gave me a word from the Lord, you know, 10 years ago, and I haven't seen anything come to pass with it. And so they give up on it. No, you cannot give up on the word. You cannot give up on the word, okay? Because his word, the Bible says, he is faithful to complete it. So it might not be right now. It might be actually another 10 years from now. But praise God, I'm going to be patient. And I'm going to wait upon the Lord. Because those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm a little weak. I need some strength. And so I'm going to wait upon the Lord. And as I wait upon him, my strength is being renewed like an eagle. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm going to wait, and that word that was spoken shall come to pass. Amen? And so we call forth right now. Come on, let's just call it forth. We call forth right now every word that has been spoken. And we thank you that it is coming to pass. 
that this is my time, this is my year, this is the time of the open door, and I shall receive everything that has been spoken. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you know what it is. I don't know what it is for you, but you know what it is. So, Father, we obtain right now. We grab a hold of those words. We don't forget about them. We don't shelf them. We don't put them behind us. We don't treat them as though we can't obtain it. But right now, in Jesus' name, this is our open door season, and we shall reap our harvest. We shall receive whatever it is that the Lord had for us. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. You know, David understood this principle. He said, David wrote, Thy word I have hidden in my heart. Thy word. Not his word, God's word. Thy word I have hidden in my heart. I have preserved it because I honor it and I have it and I'm not going to let go of it. Oh, hallelujah. David understood that. And that needs to be something that we think about today. God, thy word that you have spoken over me is hidden in my heart. I'm preserving it. I'm watching over it. I am keeping it. I am honoring it because it belongs to me. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So the first thing that the church of Philadelphia did is they had little strength. This is how they received the open door. Number two, they kept his word. All right? But number three is this. They didn't deny God's name. They didn't deny God's name. I would hate... To get to a position in a place one day when God would say unto, unto me, depart from me for I never knew you. Well, God, I served you. Well, God, I went to church. Well, God, I thought I was saved. <laughs> right? And God this. And, God, and he says, depart from me for I never knew you. I don't ever get to that. I don't ever that you know. I think that's a, probably a you know good kind of fear to have. Although when your hope is in Jesus Christ, you shouldn't even be concerned about it at all. But how sad is it for those that did all the good works, but yet never entered into eternity with Him, Lord Jesus? Think about think about Peter. Jesus says, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Not just once, but three times. Peter says, yeah, right, Lord. You're my master. I love you. I've followed you. I've served you. I will never deny you. And by the time the rooster crows, three times he had denied Jesus. Had denied Knowing him, following him, knowing his name. They had little strength. They kept his word. But lastly, they did not deny his name. In other words, they never turned their back on him. They never turned their back on him. 
despite all of the stuff, all of the persecution that the churches of that time were receiving. Extreme persecution. Okay? And I'm not just saying somebody walking up to them and saying, you know, the God you serve isn't real. I'm talking persecution. <laughs> okay? Hanging people. Throwing people on cross. Burning people to death. Stoning people. Sawing people in half. I mean, the most gruesome unreal things that you can even think of, that was what was happening to the church of that time. And the Lord says, I'm opening a door for you because through all of that, you never turned your back on me. Through all of that persecution, you never denied my name nor my power that's contained in my name. And hear me. You may go through hell and high water, but I can tell you that God, His power, the Bible says, is sufficient for us. And although you may struggle, and although you may have some hard times, He has never given up on you. You have no right to give up on Him. I know that the struggle may get really real at times, but that does not give you an excuse or a reason to deny his strength and his power in your situation. Well, God isn't doing anything right now. Well, why don't you just wait and quit complaining? Why don't you just sit back and instead of talking about it, you say, God, I need you to intervene right now. You know? I mean, we get so caught up in what we're seeing in the right here, right now, that we forget the fact that he is still all-knowing, all-powerful, all-control. Come on, somebody. He has, he has your end from your beginning, and we get so caught up in what we see right now and what our eyes see and what we feel and our feelings and our emotions and all that kind of stuff. We think, God's not in this. God's not going to help me. He's not going to see it through. Yes, he is, baby. Keep holding on. Yes, he is. And if this church who had experienced all that it experienced could hold on to the one thing that they knew was true and sufficient for them, then we can do it also. Everybody else is dying all around them. Everybody else is getting limbs cut off and this and that and crazy things are happening. But yet God still looks upon those people and he says, you never once turned your back on me. How many times have we, in the midst of our problems, in our chaos, in our situation, thought, God ain't going to do nothing. God ain't going to come through for me. God's not in this. I don't see God doing, I don't see God turning this around. How many times have we maybe accidentally denied his power? How many times have we accidentally actually turned from him and said, it's not going to work? We've all done it. That's why the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short. We've all fallen short of this glory. We've all been there. We've all been in the midst of a crazy situation 
or a difficult struggle. And we didn't know what to do. And we looked at the things that we could, that we could see with our own eyes and our own feelings. And we looked at that and we thought, there's no way God can come through for me. God can come through for this situation. Maybe we didn't say it, but maybe the thought crossed our mind. Maybe, the, maybe that entered our hearts for a moment. Maybe something happened where all of a sudden that, 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 that emotion and that thought came up. God ain't going to do this. And we've all been there and done it. And the Bible says that he looked at the church of Philadelphia and realized that not once had they ever, despite everything, ever turned their back on him, denied his name. And he says, because of that, there is an open door that is made available to you today. Now, the good thing is, is that there is forgiveness and grace for us. So he looks at us today and says, yeah, I know you've experienced tough times. And at times in the past, you did deny my power a little bit. Or maybe altogether. God help us. <laughs> All right. But he says, my grace covers that. But now today, if you can move forward, although you may have little strength, but I know you've kept my word, and I know you will do not, not deny me moving forward, if you can do that, guess what, church? There is an open door made available to you today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, shifting gears a little bit. I'm almost done. But shifting gears a little bit. Now, now you know, we did, we, did, we did fall back an hour, so I get an extra hour to preach. But, okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, actually, you know, as a matter of fact, Uncle Rick texted me that last night. He said, you know, you get an extra hour to preach today. And then he ain't even here today. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's all right. But... Shifting gears here a little bit for a second. You know, I, I really, like I said before, I know it is a cliche thing for churches or pastors or, you know, spiritual leaders or whatever to say that, you know, God has an open door for you today. Just like it would be cliche to say that today's your day of breakthrough, you know, or whatever. We, you know, we hear those things all the time. We're like, yeah, hey, today's no different than any other day, you know. But and we can easily get caught up in that. But this is coming straight from the Word of God. Straight from the Word of God. And I really feel like there is a different anointing on this today. We're going to recover all. And the only way that we can get on the other side of everything that we are recovering is if we actually get through the door. <laughs> okay? And close the door behind us and say, to hell with that, I'm moving forward. Right? I mean, we've, we've got to walk through the door eventually. You cannot stay trapped on this side. you got to get through it. Okay? you got to get through it. And so I believe that there is a different anointing on this today. And God really is going to open some doors up for you. Now, notice I didn't just say a door for you. I said doors. <laughs> okay? Multiple doors. Hallelujah. Doors of healing. Doors of freedom. Come on. Doors of deliverance. Come on. Whatever it is, God is opening up those doors for you today. 
You're going to walk through your door of healing, and you're going to say, oh, my God, I'm healed. Look at me. And then God's going to open up the next door, and you're going to say, oh, my Lord, I just received a breakthrough in the area of my finances. I mean, it's just going to come boom, 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 boom. Come on, I believe that. I really do. Now, watch this. This is why, you know, when I say stuff, I don't say stuff just to pump y'all up. I hope y'all know that by now. I don't, I don't ever say things to make you feel good or whatever it may be, all right? I don't do that. There's no reason for that. But what I, when I say these things, I say these things because there is some truth that's behind them, okay? And if I don't speak the truth, then what am I? You know? Well, I'm a liar, <laughs> you know? Period. So I have, to speak the, I have to speak the truth, all right? And I have to speak the truth of the word. Now, bring this full circle here. Now, some of you are going to be like, oh, my God, he just blew my mind. And that's cool. Let's do it. And some of you are like, I already know all this, but praise God, I'm going through the door. Okay? That's all right. Okay? Now, if you did not know, we are no longer in October. All right? We are in November. Everybody say November. Okay, we are in November. And listen, right now, right now, on the Hebrew calendar, it is the month of Shishvan. Everybody say Shishvan. Which is this, which is translated to the season of rain. Mm. Y'all ain't ready for this. Hallelujah. Y'all ain't ready for this. Now, it concludes, listen to me. It concludes the third month of the season of rain. There's three months that are in the season of rain, okay? We are in the third final month of the season of rain, which also is translated to the head of the thing. Hmm? Like the, the head month, if you will, the head of it, okay? So, but it gets even better than that. According to the Hebrew calendar, we're in the year 5784. Now, to some of you, you think, I don't care about that. We're in 2023. No, that's our calendar. God's calendar is 5784, okay? This is what the Jewish people follow, which means literally the year 5784 is translated to the year of the open door. Four means door. It means an open door, okay? And it, they go backwards in their, in their meaning, okay? So you start at four, and then you go back. So four, eight, seven, five, right? And when it's translated out, it's the year of the open door, okay? Four meaning the door, okay? And so we are in the year of the open door. So when I say that today is your day to walk through the door... You need to know that God, according to his time and his calendar, has already said and already established that this is the time and the season for you to have an open door. So this isn't just a pastor saying, oh, this is your time for an open door. This is God saying, this is your season and this is your time for an open door. This is your season of rain. 
Come on, somebody. It is raining upon your household today. Hallelujah. It's raining upon your finances today. It is raining upon your job today in the name of Jesus. It is raining upon your body from the top of your head to the very soles of your feet. There is a Holy Ghost, powerful rain that is coming upon you, and he's bringing everything to head, everything to fruition. It's your time. It's your time. Come on, somebody. And listen, it's not just a good door. It's a God door. Mm. And that's, that's, the, that's the key right there. Is that God opened a really good door for me. No, no, no. It ain't a good door. It's a God door. Come on. There is a big difference in that. We're walking through a God door today. We're walking through some God doors in this season. Hallelujah. You want to recover all? Walk through God's doors. Walk through some of God's doors. Hallelujah. I want to say this, though. Your not enough, the not enoughs that you have established and created in your own head about you and your problems and your situation, your not enoughs are going to allow you to tap into his more than enoughs. Every not enough that you have, the Bible clearly says that he is more than enough. He's taking all your not enoughs and turning them around to more than enoughs today. Amen? Come on, you receive that today. Hallelujah. This is the time and this is the year that God is going to shut some good doors and open up some God doors. Come on, do you believe that for yourself today? I believe that for this church as well. That God's not going to open up good doors for us. I don't need a good door. I don't care about a good door. All right? But I want a God door. I want a door that he opens. That the Bible says ain't no man can shut. Hallelujah. That's the kind of door that I want. And I believe that for us today. And I prophetically proclaim that over each and every one of us into the atmosphere today that we are not going to just open up some good doors because they look good, sound good, feel good. No, no, no. I even command those doors to be shut in Jesus' name. All I want is a God door, the open door of God. God, open the door for me. God, if you don't open the door, I don't want nothing to do with it. And you know what? I don't even want to cross that threshold and get on the other side if you ain't in it. I don't want it. I gotta have a God door. Now, a God door is a good door. It really is. It's a great door. It's a fantastic door. But what happens is we look at a door of opportunity and we think it's good, so therefore, and it appears to be good, so therefore we think it's God. But just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. So God is going to open up God doors. It's not the door that we have to walk through and open up and say, God, is this okay? No, it's the one that he says, hey, Patrick, look, right here. It's the one that says, Maria, come on, right here, this is the door. Not that one over there, this one right here, come on. And God points us in the right direction, and he opens the door for us. We don't even have to put our hand on the handle, hallelujah. He opens it for us, and he welcomes us on in, and he shuts the door, and it's a done deal in Jesus' name. 